Hoosier United Methodist Podcast, Episode 008, with Reverend Andy Kinsey from Grace United Methodist Church in Franklin. How you do good theology on your knees. And, and we forget the power of the Spirit. And that, I guess the word I was looking for earlier was pious. That's been a word that we throw around, too, in a negative way, but I would like to resurrect it in a, in a good sense. Hi, this is Todd Alcal, lead pastor at the Calvary United Methodist Church in Brownsburg. You are listening to the Hoosier United Methodist podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, telling stories of Hoosier United Methodist churches and leaders making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that a strong connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to achieving the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Hoosier United Methodist Podcast will help you and your church connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from successful pastors and people making a difference in United Methodist Churches in Indiana. And now, here's Brad. Hello, hello, hello again, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Miller with the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. We welcome you to our podcast edition today. On today's program, we are really, really uh, privileged to have Reverend Andy Kenzie, who's the senior pastor at the Grace United Methodist Church in Franklin, Indiana, as our guest. Andy is a longtime personal friend of mine. And but he also has been very successful in ministry in our annual conference, and he was a delegate to the 2012 General Conference a few years ago. In today's episode of the Hoosier United Methodist podcast, Andy speaks to me about partnering of church into the community. He also talks about what it means to be a disciple and how that's reflected in our mission statement of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. He talks a bit about the global nature of the church, especially especially in relationship to issues facing general conference. And he talks about a very, very special Christmas dinner they have at their church. And then interestingly enough, we talk a little bit about smelling like sheep. We have that, and then a little bit later on, Andy will share with us a Methodist moment. So let's get into the interview right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Who's United Methodist podcast. Today, our special guest is Reverend Andy Kenzie of the Grace United Methodist Church in Franklin, Indiana. Andy, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brad. It's good to be with you. Absolutely. And uh, Andy and I go way back. We were uh, in Evansville, University of Evansville together uh, in, uh, a few years ago and uh, had some connections all along. But I also know Andy has had a great dynamic ministry. But Andy, tell us a little bit about your life and ministry and kind of what progressed in your life to get you to Grace United Methodist Church in Franklin. Well, that's a great question. Uh, it's been a journey, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've known each other for quite a long time, meeting at Evansville and also in Mount Vernon when I you were a student pastor there. And mm-hmm. so we've uh, had a long friendship together. We uh, have been on this journey now for uh, 26 years, I think, in ministry and have served in uh, Terre Haute, 
Brownsburg, Vincennes, and now uh, Franklin Grace. And uh, have enjoyed it. There's ups and downs always. But uh, I think presently things are, God's doing good work. I hope we're doing what God wants us to do. And uh, to me, that's exciting, and I'm enjoying myself. Well, you say God's doing some good work. be a little more specific. What are some of the good things that are going on sure. at Grace Church in, in Franklin? Well, I think one of the exciting things about Grace, it's a unique congregation given its history, okay. uh, given its role in the community of Franklin and Johnson County. I think we've been able to capitalize on that history and expand it presently with our uh, outreach and social ministries, which are quite expansive in the community. I think we've become kind of a a go-to church, if you will. Yes, people come to us, but we also want to go to uh, the people and uh, find ways of partnering and collaborating with folks in the community. That's one aspect of what we've tried to do. But say a little bit more about that. What are some examples of some ways you've partnered or collaborated in the community? You've you've mentioned outreach. Right. One of the things we've done is like with our Soups on Ministry and finding ways to – partner with people throughout the county to just provide a hot meal, for example, on Friday nights. Uh, We call it Soups On. I know Under the Sun Cafe has started that. Uh, Some other churches now are doing it. Is that every Friday night? That's every Friday night. And so I think that's just one example. Another example is uh, our hunger ministry with uh, the Interchurch Food Pantry with Gleaners. That's been a big success. Uh, We have a clothing ministry in in December with United Way that helps uh, families during the Christmas season. Our uh, Christmas Day dinner has been another extensive outreach. We feed about a thousand people on Christmas Day. Wow, and that is an actually on Christmas Day that you have this big dinner. Yeah, yeah, that's on. We have about 50 people. That's what they do. They come and they help serve, and uh, we've been incredibly blessed with that. Those are just some examples. Um, I think uh, one of the things about Grace Church as it gave birth, you know, to the Franklin United Methodist community. There's something, a part of the congregation that's been socially minded and missionally driven, and I we're just trying to capitalize on that. And I think our next phase is really focusing more on evangelism and just being uh, clear about, you know, offering Christ and, and uh, the hope that uh, Christ gives. Very good. Well, you mentioned outreach and, and evangelism. How have... How has your outreach programs and the various missional programs impacted the, the dynamics of the community in your in your congregation itself? Well, certainly what's exciting is when people step up and they start to use their gifts and they get in touch with their passion. And I think that's what's exciting about ministry anyway is when we are able to come alongside our lay people, that we're not the show. We, together as a community, are doing this together. And that's really our mission is to care together, to grow together. And it just can't be the uh, Lone Ranger mm-hmm. show, as you know. It it takes a community to do this. To so do it sounds the like kinds leadership of, development's been a part of this process. Very much. And I think that's on going, as mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you just don't do it and you're done. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a constant uh, struggle sometimes, a challenge to really raise 
raise up good leaders and uh, let them do what they need to do. So what are some of the things you're doing to raise up new leaders and nurture and train up the ones that you have? Well, one of the things I'm trying to do is really scope out the congregation and sense kind of where people are, especially some of our younger families. I don't know about you as a pastor, but uh, just the generational shift that's happening, uh, trying to uh, make sense of people's time, their energy, their commitment level, and uh, work with them. It's a bit of a balancing act, isn't it? Oh, it's, you try to deal with people's schedules and yeah, their lives. And I think it's a common theme in anyone's ministry today, regardless of where you're serving. Uh, it just seems to be a very big... Sometimes it's an obstacle. Uh, sometimes it's an opportunity to really... Uh, find the people to work with them and to say, hey, you know, you have some gifts here. Why don't we utilize those and uh, carry on the conversation? You know, anymore, we just come out and say, you know, well, have you thought about this? Why aren't you thinking in this way? Here's what we see. And just have that uh, dialogue with people. Mm-hmm. When you, uh, if I was to approach a, uh, a layperson in your church who's been around for a year or two, maybe not one of the really long-time established people, but someone who's been there for a little while, a year or two or three, uh, what just what would be your take on why, uh, what would they say is attractive about Grace Church and what keeps them there? I think uh, two things. One would be the uh, sense of uh, community that they f- would feel. Uh, I think there is a dynamic involved uh, in the congregation of welcoming and making sure people are a part of a community. I think we work hard at that. So I think that would be one thing they say. Okay. The other thing they would say is, yeah, you are involved in ministry. This just isn't a one-time dinner that we do. This is year-round. It's daily. This is ministry happening through the congregation, and they can pick that up pretty clearly when they come into the door. So I think those two things, I feel we're blessed with some great uh, musical worship talent, and that uh, helps us quite a bit, not to mention just our facility, which we utilize throughout the week in the community. So we're interacting always with different groups who are coming and going from our facility, which is another aspect of ministry. Mm-hmm. So here are two themes arising what you're sharing here, Andy. One is the sense of community that's developed and the outreach piece, and it seems like those are complementary to one another, and mm-hmm. you really don't have one without the that's other, right. absolutely. The, uh, but you also mentioned about evangelism and how that's something you're going to be working on. The the overall mission of the United Methodist Church as a whole is making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world, mm-hmm. which involves, at least from my way of thinking, an evangelistic uh, uh, theme. How do you think, uh, kind of a, I'd like to approach this from kind of the micro and the macro, how are we doing at Grace Church and how are we doing overall as a church? on that question of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world? It's a great question because, um, first of all, we have to be clear about what is a disciple. Mm, And uh, we use that word in so many ways that it can become fuzzy. Uh, You know, I see a disciple as someone committed fully to Christ, Mm -hmm. persons who are willing to sacrifice and to uh, 
you know, just the basics, worship on a regular basis, um, stay committed in their stewardship, uh, serving, uh, being a part of small groups and learning. So certainly that's where I think a conversation needs to be had, and we're doing that at Grace. Uh, we're not perfect. We're not. We're on the way, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. But uh, macro-wise, I think it's a big, very big question because we throw the, the word around, disciple, making disciples. Well, what, what is that about, really? Yeah. You know, what, what kind of content do you have with that question? Uh, transformation of the world? Well, what it, does that look like uh, in my context, in your context? And so, you know, I think uh, I'm probably more modest just trying to uh, grow our Sunday school, uh, just grow uh, people where they are, challenging them to become more than they can be, that they think they can be. And I think uh, maybe General Conference would be a place to sit down and say, okay, how do we do this? I mean, we we talk about it, but I'm wondering, we all have our assumptions, of course, if we were to share those and put them on the table, that here's something would emerge that we could could work with rather than just it seems to be at times like a slogan yeah rather than heartfelt and, and that's just my observation from where i am well you've you mentioned general conference which is approaching in 2016 you have represented our conference and at the last quadrennium uh yeah i know you're uh, have an interest in mm-hmm. things in the journal church and are passionate about all things in the united Methodist church and quite the wesleyan scholar What's your uh, take, given this question of making disciples for Jesus Christ or transformation of the world in terms of the issues that uh, are going to be arising at General Conference? Just kind of what are what are we going to be dealing with? Oh, gosh, there's all kinds of things, of course. And in Tampa, it was um, my first time to kind of represent the church uh, at that level. And just to see uh, a level of discord was disheartening. Um, even disillusioning. And so, you know, it's a prayer for the church to come together, discern, share, pray. Uh, Perhaps that's, uh, it's not meant to sound, what's the word, uh, too self-righteous or too uh, holy in in a bad sense. But yeah, there needs to be people on their knees, I think, Mm -hmm. at General Conference to really sense a guidance of where the Spirit's leading us. You know, we're a global church, mm-hmm. and uh, we have to find ways to um, affirm what the essentials are. And I'm not sure we're clear about if we can agree on what the essentials of our faith are anymore. And that's a that's a big deal uh, theologically. It, get, it gets played out in how we organize ourselves. What do we understand uh, about the issues of, you know, human sexuality and all the different things that we're dealing with, understanding scripture, understanding the role of education? I mean, they all get brought together. And, uh, you know, my one, my one fear is, are we even organized in a way to, to help us move forward? And that's a question I'm not going to there's not going to be an answer to that anytime short term because this is a long term process. And you mentioned uh, kind of in terms of this process of general conference, so going to your knees. It sounds like mm-hmm. um, 
I know you to be a, a Wesleyan scholar. It sounds like, in a way, you're asking for and advocating a a really a call to a Wesleyan a sense of personal piety yeah, in am. terms of how we approach the, the bigger issues of I, society and the church. I think that's right. I mean, I, my good friend Jason Vickers, uh, who's now at Asbury, but you know, he talks about how you do good theology on your knees, mm. and, and we. Uh, Forget the power of the spirit, and and that I guess the word I was looking for earlier was pious. You know that, that that's been a word that um, we throw around too in a negative way. But I would like to resurrect it in a in a good sense. The, the word you're using, piety. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it's a good word, you know. And Wesley had a whole range of activities that would involve piety, healthy mm-hmm. piety, and you know, doing no harm is, right. is huge, you know, uh, doing good, uh, mm-hmm. practicing these means of grace are huge. And accomplishing that individually, well, that's where you need to start, but it brings together the wider community and, you know, 2,000 years of Christian teaching, you know, how do you bring that to bear upon what we face today? And, yeah. and I think for me and, and what I have a passion for is kind of recovering that mission-mindedness that is evangelical. It's bearing witness to good news in that in that way. Well, the other, other side of that is if we uh, as a church have great social consciousness and social uh, action, of course, Wesley was all about that as well, but what I'm hearing you say is you really need to bring to bear the, the personal spiritual depth in order to make an impact right. in terms of our social yeah, social involvement. And maybe to adjust our expectations. Hmm. Uh, you know, I think uh, we get into almost apocalyptic kinds of narratives and... Uh, you know who knows what's going to happen, but my prayer is that it's it's for good, and that the people called Methodists will still have a, a vital role to play. You know, in the wider church. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think sometimes too we we forget we're a part of the Christian church, mm-hmm. and um, sure. we are an aspect of it, and we're a part of another uh, Wesleyan family, sure. and so we're not the only ones struggling with these kinds of matters. So I you think. see signs of grace and signs of hope? Yeah, I do. I mean, I do. I talking to. Uh, some folks yesterday at a parish nursing conference, uh, you know, there's an interest in kind of this holistic approach that Wesley advocated, uh, dealing with some of the younger pastors in the Wesleyan Connection Project that we did. Uh, you know, there's a, there is an interest. I think people do want some guidance, um, a framework by which to talk about uh, what's facing us. So yeah, I, I think so. It's, it's you get discouraged like I do, I'm sure, and you scratch your head and think, oh my goodness, where are we going? Um, but we're all in the same boat. Well, we get discouraged, and yet uh, we are also called to be uh, encouragers mm-hmm. of others, especially in our churches and right. even to other clergy. And I'm just wondering, Andy, what would you say to? Let's say you know you and I have been in ministry for a while, but what would you say to a younger clergy man or clergy woman who's coming into the church and is looking at uh, a few decades of service. Right. What are, uh, what are, would you say would be an encouraging word to that person? I think a couple things. One is to really uh, develop this sense of piety that we've just, just shared about. Um, 
that it's truly important to stay grounded in your faith and uh, that that can be a great sign of hope for your congregation and for yourself. So that's one thing. Uh, I think you need to be a lifelong learner. I think uh, younger clergy uh, come in at a time when, like, the use of technology and all this stuff is happening, and, you know, they're on a cutting edge that we were not, and uh, explore healthy ways of utilizing that. And uh, not forget that it's about a personal contact with your people. Great. And I think uh, Wesley insisted on personal visitation, that you have to smell like the sheep at the end of the day. Mm. If, uh, I could, if, you, if I could quote uh, Pope Francis, who I, I said yesterday at a, at a conference, uh, you know, Francis was a good Wesleyan. Uh, but yeah. uh, this is part of the Christian faith, you know. It's just it's very based upon who Jesus was. At the end of the day, you need to smell like sheep. And yeah. uh, I would encourage younger clergy and the newer clergy, because it's not just young. I, I, I'm right. careful how we use that. Of course, uh, yeah. uh, There has to be this sense of collegiality, too, that I feel um, we're kind of missing out on. Maybe it's just me, but... Uh, mm. yeah. I don't have a direct answer to that. It's just uh, yeah. a sense that we're hey, well, we're the fifth used. largest conference in the United Methodist Church. It's it's just really incumbent upon us to foster community. Yeah, and that uh, a part of that process is that uh, we still always have to have the high touch. We have right. to have personal right. contact and personal relationships, and really nothing replaces that within the within the congregation and pastoral people relationship and mm-hmm. and uh, among the clergy. Right. Great. Well, on that whole area of, uh, of high touch, getting to know people a little bit, uh, Andy, what uh, i like to ask folks, what's some fun fact about them? What is some, I know one fun fact about you, that you used to be Ace Purple, the mascot of the U- University of Evansville uh, Purple Aces teams back in the day. But yeah. what's a more of a up-to-date fun fact about you? What's something fun about you, interesting, weird, strange, something about you? <laughs> well, uh, I enjoy bike riding. Uh, that's well. not strange, but um, I do enjoy getting out on my bike. Uh, I have taken a lot of dancing lessons lately, and that's been uh, interesting. It takes time, uh, discipline. <laughs> and he's known as the John Travolta of Johnson County. That's right, now. the John Travolta of Johnson County. Um, there you go. Dancing to Bob Seger, who would have thought? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And to Doris Day, by the way. So put that combination together in your head. Just he was, uh, and he was part of a dance. Uh, uh, what was the dance competition? Yeah, some... Dancing with the Stars of Johnson County, there raising. Uh, hey, we raised over two hundred thousand dollars for a charity wow. uh, here in the county, and uh, great event, uh, fun, but a lot of work too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Andy, uh, you've given us a great insight today, and we appreciate it. If folks want to be in contact with you, just learn a little bit more about you or about your church, how can they do that? Sure. Well, they can go to our website, uh, follow us on Facebook. Our website is www.franklingrace.org, and uh, follow us on Facebook, Grace United Methodist Church. That's always a, another contact, or email me at uh, Pastor Andy at franklingrace.org. Any of those ways, uh, carry on a conversation. Great. And we'll put this information in our show notes at uh, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com. All right, great. Thanks for being with us. Our guest today has been Reverend Andy Kenzie of the Grace United Methodist Church in Franklin, Indiana. Thanks, Brad. 
Indeed, we do thank Andy for being with us. He was able to share some really interesting insights about his church and about uh, the church in, in a greater sense, in a macro sense, his thoughts on General Conference, and we are served well by that. What you may or may not know about Andy is that he is quite the Methodist scholar and is involved with a project called the Wesleyan Connection Project, which lifts up, which lifts up uh, Wesleyan values, especially in connecting uh, younger people, younger clergy, to Wesleyan values to study and to think, and he's written several articles and books and, and works with Methodist scholars in this area, and that's one of the reasons why we've asked him to be a regular contributor to the Hoosier United Methodist podcast with what we are calling our Methodist Moments. So here is our Methodist Moment with Reverend Andy Kinsey. The life of holiness, holiness of heart and soul. Wesley used this word this phrase many times throughout his teaching, his preaching, and it can be a scary word, the word holiness. The word holiness is related to another big word, a word called sanctification. It's a word that gets into the ways God orders our lives and directs us inwardly as we seek to draw closer to Christ. And I'm wondering today if that word has been misused, even abused, And what are the ways we can go about resurrecting it, Um, the life of holiness, holy living, understanding it not in a legalistic sense, but in a way that is really capturing of the full Christian life, uh, practicing our faith, serving others, giving, sharing together, uh, providing for the needs of others. Uh, How can this be a a word for us today that... uh, can really capture maybe what the heart of ministry is about, because it was certainly the central concept in the Wesleyan and Methodist movement. That's going to wrap things up for this edition, number 008 of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Brad Miller. Thank you for joining us. It's been our privilege to serve you. You can serve us, if you wish to, by making a connection and sharing the good news about our podcast. You can always go to our website, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com, for to check out past episodes of the, of the podcast and look forward to future episodes. You can also connect to us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. However, what we really would encourage you to do is to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You go to iTunes, go in the search field, type in Hoosier United Methodist, and we'll pop up there. If you will, please just subscribe and rate and review the podcast. And that helps us then get the word out to others. And we encourage you to share the good news with other folks. We do have a free gift for you on our website, and we certainly look forward to hearing from you, as we are always all about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ as it is presented in the churches of the Indiana Conference of the United Methodist Church, who are making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Until next time, God bless.
Thank you for listening to the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We challenge you to be an active listener by subscribing and becoming a vital member of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast community. Visit us on the web at HoosierUnitedMethodist.com and chat with other members at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. Until next time, continue to make disciples and transform the world. Oh,